Welcome to the prolific teaching ministry of Pastor Emmanuel Iren, lead pastor of Celebration Church International. It is his vision to partner with you for your progress and joy in the faith. Ready, set, grow. So I'm just going to give you a short charge because today we are going to demonstrate the joy of the Lord. Hallelujah. You should have been in Abuja. Eben tore the roof apart. You know. And we're even going to have a greater time today. Hallelujah. Turn your Bibles with me. Philippians 1.25. Philippians 1.25. Philippians 1.25. As I prayed just in the office, the Lord pressed on my spirit. The need to emphasize this introduction. So I will emphasize it a little and then touch other things. You know Philippians 1.25 if you're a member of Celebration Church. Read together. One, two, go. Hallelujah. So a pastor is talking to his congregation. He said, I will abide and continue with you all for your furtherance in the faith. Can you say furtherance in the faith? You see, not many people are particular about furtherance in the faith. They go to church for going sake. But there is such a thing as furtherance in the faith. That's what we call spiritual growth. And Paul says, I will continue with you for your fatherance. Listen, a lot of people don't know how God operates. If you're going to walk with God, you're going to have to walk with him on his own terms. Not on your own terms. There's a way God behaves. He has a consistent character. For example, we're told in the beginning, God created the heavens, heavens and the earth. And he created the trees. He wanted trees to cover the whole earth. Billions of them. He wanted animals to cover the whole earth. He wanted human beings to cover the whole earth. But what did he do? Did he create three billion trees? No. He made some. And he said, let every tree yield after its kind. Let every animal, the Bible says he blessed the animals and said be fruitful, multiply. Fill the earth. The same thing happened with man. He wanted to create an entire human race. He created one man. And he called him mankind. I think I've told you that before. Adam means mankind. The first man was never named. Adam is not a name. Adam means mankind, human race. So it was a title. That's why Christ is called the second Adam, second and the last, okay? So from that single man, when it was time to make the woman, what did he do? He didn't need to do anything else. From the rib of the man, because the principle is everything after his kind. 
he met the woman with the rib. And both of them, through procreation, gave birth to all of us. Even science has proven that all of human race is from one blood. Praise the name of Jesus. When it was time for the propagation of the gospel, he chose one man too. He says, I will bless you and in thee shall all the families of the earth be blessed. I said all this to say this. Mentorship is God's idea. It's the will of God for your life. Every time God wants to bless an entire generation, he doesn't reach an entire generation. He selects a handful of people and blesses them for the sake of their generation. That's what he does. There are some things that no matter how close you are to the father, he has destiny that you will lend them through the person he wants you to submit to. That's just the way he is. It's his idea. 2 Timothy 2.2, 2, Paul told Timothy, it says, the same things you've learned of me, commit to faithful men who will teach others also. That's how the gospel is propagated. The things you've learned of me, commit to faithful men. Praise the name of Jesus. It happens even in the call to ministry. So, God calls Moses. He doesn't need to call Joshua. In fact, there is no proof that Joshua heard from God until Moses was done. Of course, that's different. Every one of us can hear from God. Praise the name of the Lord. But when someone who is called <laughs> trains you, you are equipped. That's how it works. Now, how does this concept, let, let me just tell you this. I, and There's something I want you to get. It's also one of the most brilliant concepts in business. No business has ever been successful without making 20 other businesses successful. Are you aware? You can't be or have a mega business without making other businesses successful. Because if you are supplying an entire nation, all the other people who are supplying to you, maybe you, you have a bakery. The people who are supplying you the flour are going to be very successful if you are successful. Are you aware? But the problem with this generation is that we've not understood mentorship. That's God's idea. And so many people who don't have the grace to pioneer are trying to pioneer where they should be partnering. Praise the name of Jesus. For instance, the blessing was on Abraham. Because Lot was with him, Lot became very big and very successful. To the extent that his servants and Abraham's servants began to quarrel. If I was Lot, I will call the servants and say, Ah, you're allowing this thing to get into your head. Though. I will warn them seriously. Don't have any issue with Abraham or his people. But Lot had a difference. One day Abraham said, you know what? Let's not fight. Go your own way. Choose anywhere you want. Instead of Lot to beg 
and said, I'm sorry, I warned them. He said, mm. The Bible says he chose the best. Praise the Lord. Well, much later, the place he chose had to be destroyed. And he came out without a single possession. Are you getting what I'm saying? A lot of you who are trying as entrepreneurs, what you need to do is just, it's a reliable pattern. Everything will produce after its kind. Everything successful. Even businesses. So where have I have been trying to start my own, who can I partner with? Not every good teacher has the grace to pioneer a ministry. Are you aware? There are good teachers that just can't pull it off. It's a grace. So you need to be sure it is not because I can teach I'm going to go and get a venue and start. What is the Lord leading me to do? Am I meant to pioneer or am I meant to partner? When it comes to your spiritual growth, a lot of people think they can just stay at home, read their Bibles, and be okay. And then stream life. It's not the will of God for your life. Philippians 1.25 still applies. It says, I will continue with you for your furtherance. And then what else did he mention? I will continue with you for your furtherance and for your what? Hallelujah. Glory to God. Joy is also the reward of mentorship. As much as spiritual growth. Listen. You may not have heard this this way before. You are here for your joy. Did you hear that? God wants you to be happy. I know if I said God wants you to be joyful, that would sound more theologically correct. Because joy, we think joy is spiritual. Happiness is carnal. It's not true. God wants you to be happy. Say that God wants me to be happy. You see, in Christ, you didn't lose your desire for happiness. It was redirected to something higher and better. It was not lost. It was redirected. But God actually wants you He says, I will continue with you, not just for your furtherance, but for your what? Praise the name of the Lord. Why is joy important to God? Because joy is not complete until it is shared. Has it ever happened to you? Let me, let me start with something very simple and relatable. You see a funny video on Instagram. An average person in this generation has at least four people that you will just send to direct message. Am I saying the truth? <laughs> there are a lot of funny videos. But many times you're laughing and you're just like, you cannot wait for your friend to see it. Has something delighted you so much, you are looking for who to tell, and you couldn't wait for your guy to show up. It's guy. There's something about joy. 
that is not complete until it is shared. Let me tell you something else. When you love someone and you do something special for the person, you can't wait to see how the person will react. One of the most painful things that can happen to you is for you to go out of your way, buy something, and the person says, oh, you shouldn't have. Hey. <laughs> Praise the Lord. When you are in love, your joy is the person's joy. So I'm letting you understand, the reason your joy matters to God is because he loves you. And so his glory overlaps your happiness. His glory and your happiness are not two separate things. Can I tell you something? Everything God ever did, he did for his glory and for the happiness of his children. Everything God ever did. So in Ephesians chapter 2, for instance, we're told, giving a picture of the gospel. In verse 4 it says, but God who is rich in grace for his, great, for his mercy where which he loved us. Even when we were dead in sin, has quickened us together with Christ by grace are we saved. And has raised us up together and made us sit together in heavenly places. And you know that's special. In heavenly places in Christ Jesus. In verse 7, he says that in the ages to come, he might show. He wants to show off his love for you. He might show the exceeding riches of his grace and his kindness towards us in Christ Jesus. So it's not enough what he's done for you. He can't wait for other people to see it and say, wow, his God is big. These guys are so happy. There's something different about them. Let me tell you this. A lot of people don't really understand how to express the glory of God. When God does something for them, many times we, re we respond in worship and that's powerful. We've emphasized that so many times in this local assembly. That's powerful. But God actually is most glorified, like John Piper would say, when you're most satisfied, when your conviction, when you're on your knees, the conviction that is birthed on your knees follows you into your daily life in such a way that in your career you have trials and tribulations, but there is still happiness, that joy. The joy of your relationship with God filters in. To every aspect of your life. And you're just happy. Not just when you're praying. You're just happy. God likes to look at you and find that you are happy. Especially when it is because of him. So you're just going about your business. But you are delighted. No. He's not only glorified when you are praising and when you are praying. When you're going out expressing his glory. Have you, have you forgotten what he said? He says you are a chosen generation. A royal priesthood, a holy nation. A peculiar people. That you should show off. I like show off. <laughs> Hallelujah. Can you say show off? Show off the praises of him. <laughs> Who has called us. Out of the darkness into his marvelous light. He wants you to show off. He wants you to be so happy that the people of the world can see it. Say loud, amen. amen. 
That's why your joy matters to God. Everything he ever did, he did for his glory and for the happiness of his children. In fact, there are not two things. You are his glory. Don't you understand? You are his glory. So there are not two things. He is most glorified when you are most satisfied. No matter how wonderful my life is, if my children are not happy, I'm, I, where is the glory in that? Praise the name of the Lord. I'm, the next thing I'm going to show you is how that the children of Israel were the most happy people on the earth. A lot of us don't know that. But God integrated the lifestyle of rejoicing, that party lifestyle, just to show off they were having party almost every month. You, you didn't recognize it as party because when you're reading it, you were reading it with religious lens, lenses. Feast of tabernacles. Feast of... It's feasts. Party. So, historically, there was no other nation that partied more than Israel. You're not getting it. But there is something fundamentally wrong with this generation. We, we, we don't think God wants us to be happy. Some of you, in your closet, you've practiced all the dance moves in the world. We've never seen it here. You know why? Because it is, is not, it's not spiritual. Praise the Lord. You're going to express the joy of the Lord today. Let me tell you this. And we're going to start this in this church this year. One of the most powerful things you can do to glorify God is to make friends with other believers and of course, pray together, fast together, worship together, but just chill together. I'm telling you this. Listen, let me prove it to you. It was such a thing in the early church that they could say, anyone who claims to be a believer and is living otherwise, he said, don't eat with him. Because the fellowship was so special. Are you getting that? That when you shun the person, he will repent. Ah, he will feel left out. What God has ordained for us to be, cultists are getting it more. Cultists are more loyal to each other, more into each other. They have each other's back. Yeah. <laughs> you better be careful the testimony you share. If you say, I want to thank God, God gave me the opportunity to supply, if they hear, if the testimony is not complete, someone will slay you. <laughs> Your brother in Christ. Hallelujah. Those things have to change. Hallelujah. Some of you, the only use, the only usefulness of the people by your side to you is worship. But your real friends are in the world. That has to change. Praise the Lord! Listen, I told you I'm going to be brief. So let me just run through this with you. God told the children of Israel, I'm about to do something big for you. You've been in bondage in Egypt 
for years, decades, centuries. I'm about to bring you out. And I'm going to tell you how to respond to my great deliverance. He didn't say, you're going to gather together with tambourines and timbrels and just worship. As special as that is, he said, you're going to have a party. A feast, a Passover feast. So why were they eating? (laughs) Because God delivered them. Are you getting the idea? It was God's idea. God mandated rejoicing. Rejoicing is too religious. God mandated happiness. He infused it into their culture. So you are eating and the reason is I'm good. Do you understand? They had feasts for almost everything. There was another feast commemorating the giving of the law to the children of Israel. Another feast commemorating their deliverance from Persia. So long and short, in every year, feast of first fruit, feast of fat things, feast of tabernacles, feast of Passover, Pentecost. All manner of reasons to eat. So they were a happy people. They always partied. They prayed together. They worshipped together. But they partied together. So imagine you were a visitor in Israel. This month they are eating. What is this one called? (laughs) You say, wow. Many years ago, God brought the children of Israel out of Egypt. Okay. Next month, you are eating again. What is this one for? You say, oh, we are remembering how God gave us the law. Next month again. They were partying on his daddy. And then when it comes to the story of the prodigal son, which I've taught you, right? In that chapter, there were three, three parables that Jesus gave. And all of them had the same thing in common. He says, if someone has a hundred sheep and loses one, he said he will leave the ninety and nine and go look for the one. And when he finds it, he calls together a party and says, everybody rejoice with me because my sheep was lost and now is found. What do you think that analogy typifies? The kingdom. The Bible says there is more joy in heaven over every sinner that comes to repentance. Much joy. So, our response to salvation is party. It's true. He gave another analogy. Who, having a hundred coins and losing one, does not keep the ninety and nine and look for the one? And when he has swept the whole house and finds it, he calls a party and says, come and rejoice with me. And then he gave the parable of the prodigal son. And notice, when the prodigal son came back, what did the father do? Who refused to be a part of the party? The older brother. Do you get the analogy? The analogy is the older brother represented the Pharisees, the religious ones. We have been faithful all these years. You did not do party for us. (laughs) Many people in church have turned to older brothers. They don't know how to express themselves in the house of God. Praise the name of Jesus. 
Study about your God well. The Bible says he took on flesh and dwelt amongst us. Where was the first place he did his first miracle? What was his first miracle? Are you getting it? Listen to what I'm telling you. From today, you're going to radiate the joy of the Lord in such a way that when people look at you, you know, it can't be the money. It can't be all these superficial things. Your happiness will point people to the power of God. Say loud, amen. But listen, happiness is happiness. It's happiness. Be happy. Rejoice in the Lord. Listen, you know what he said? When Jesus came on earth, he declared his mission. He says, I am come that you might have life and have it more abundantly. The Greek word used there typifies things that are not essential to life. Meaning, I will give you life and more. I'm going to more than preserve your life. I will make you enjoy it. Modern day language, I will make you happy. Hallelujah. Say with me, God is most glorified when I'm most satisfied. That's, that's it. So you're going to demonstrate the joy of the Lord. No more must it be a thing that the people of the world are more groovy than us. It's wrong. We have more to be happy about. Hallelujah. We will show them how to dance. We will show them how to sing. We will show them how to rejoice. We will be known as the happy people. Because we have a joy that drunkenness cannot give. Hallelujah. That immorality cannot give. Praise the name of the Lord. So when the music is going on, don't think you are spiritual when you don't dance. You are the older brother. The older brother. If you see someone doing like you say, it's you, Pastor, talk about it. Elder brother. <laughs> you shake him. Hallelujah. Are you ready to rejoice? Let's read 1 Peter 2.9 again as we round off. First Peter 2 9. First Peter 2 9. Praise the name of Jesus. Are you aware that there is also going to be a party when Christ comes? It's called a wedding. He called it a wedding. There'll be food. <laughs> I don't know if you are getting it. There will be food. So, if you don't like rejoicing, how are you going to fit in? I, I, just, I just wonder. How are you going to fit in? First Peter chapter 2 verse 9. Read with me. Want to go. But ye are a chosen generation. A royal priesthood. A 
and holy nation, a peculiar people, that you should show forth the praises of him who hath called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. All right, let me see if you're ready. Stand to your feet. And rejoice in the Lord. Glory in the God of your salvation. Give him a song. Give him a shout. Praise the Lord for he is God. And his mercy endures forever. Bless the Lord, oh my soul. And all that is within me, bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, oh my soul. And forget not all his benefits. Hallelujah. We command our bodies to praise the Lord. We focus our mind on his word. On his faithfulness and on his kindness. And we show off to the world. We show it off to the world. Hallelujah. You know the Bible says. The earnest expectation of the creature. Waited. For the manifestations of the sons of God. So that celestial body that you're going to receive, the world is waiting to see it. And what, what, what will it be like? Hallelujah. Listen, show off is a very crucial part of your Christian devotion. The world has to see that the Lord is good. Are you with me? Father, we thank you. We bless your name. Thank you. And we declare your praise from the depth of our hearts. Thank you, Daddy. In Jesus' mighty name, we pray. Thank you for listening. We are sure that you have been blessed. For inquiries, reach us on our helpline 0809 996 7000. Blessings.